Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show over here on the Strickland YouTube channel as well as Strickland Podcast Network. I am Sam. I am joined by Jeff, aka Frank Barrett One One Nine, and Schwinny Pooh joining you us like, on the you like my and one shirt. That's like seventy eight years old. <laughs> that is that is a true classic. I actually have some N one gear in the crib myself, so that is like true classic shit. Um, yeah. Tyrese is not here to join us. He is doing Thank paperwork. God. He's doing paperwork for work tonight. So Schwinn has graced us tonight. Um, Knicks win. It looked like they were going to win handily at first, but you know the magic made it interesting. But we won with a score of one fifteen to one hundred two. Um, Randall leads the way with 25, 12, and uh, forces. Um, we have Brunson with 21, 3, and 6. We have RJ with 20 and 6. Um, some notables off the bench. IQ with 6 rebounds and 8 assists, 7 of those coming in the first half. Um, a majority of them going to one Mr. Cameron Reddish, his arch nemesis on the team um obi Toppin with 10 points in 14 minutes um cam reddish had a pretty solid stint as well um and you know rj barrett started to get things going as of late um finished with 20 points and hit a couple threes so you know that was very encouraging to see um where do we want to start uh it's your show you tell me um all right i mean we can start with let's start with the good jalen brunson um really started to help settle things down towards the end of that game we were talking before we went live here about you know how randall it kind of looked like randall was about to like shit this game away um (laughs) with with his with his usual um you know tendencies from before but you know having that steady player that is better than him with Brunson, it, he was able to, you know, take control of that and, you know, put the game, help put the game away. Um, you know, it, he he got, I didn't know, I didn't know Brunson took this many risks on defense. I noticed that, like, I don't know if it was just because of the matchup tonight with, like, Bo Bowl handling the ball a lot. And he was, like, really going for steals, even though he was in foul trouble. I just found that interesting. But um, what do you guys think of Brunson's performance tonight? I, I think I think I'm going to let Schwinn go first on the overall thing. I just want to comment on that last tidbit you just said. I think mm-hmm. I think Brunson gambling is more noticeable because of his height or mm. because of his size. Like someone like Cam gambles a lot. Yes. But it's it's less noticeable because he's just so long that he can just reach into passing lanes and recover easier whereas when Jalen gambles it's harder for him to recover. Um, so, it, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's why it's, that sticks out, but, uh, yeah, Schwinn, what did you think? Uh, I mean, I watched like a decent amount of Dallas last year, so I wasn't, I'm not that surprised that Brunson's defense is okay. Like, I think his defense has pretty consistently, I don't know, like if you compete and you're strong, which he is both like, that's 80% of it, you know, like a lot of this is just being strong and competing. Like, if Evan, Evan kind of competes, but he has no physicality at all. Absolutely none. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like very palpable. There's a reason why Tibbs closed with IQ today, even though IQ didn't hit a shot um, and really didn't do much offensively in the second half. It's because go watch, go watch the contest he had 
on Terrence Ross. Go watch those and then compare that to last year when Terrence Ross had the freedom of the city to run around screens and launch up whatever the hell he wanted. Uh, and I think they had made, they made a comeback in that game in the first the first time we lost to them at home uh, in the fourth quarter. And that was a lot. Terrence Ross just making a bunch of shots and Cole Anthony making a bunch of shots. And just the fact that IQ and Brunson, sure, you're giving up size. And against a team like Orlando, they're a big-ass team. You could notice it. But, like, those two compete and they fight. Quickly is a better defender than Brunson. But, like, again, the fact that Brunson's just willing to fight and he's active and he's feisty and he's strong as hell. And he's smart. He's a smart player. Look, I think Tibbs has a lot of stupid shit sometimes, like just BS. But but what he said specifically about Brunson, that his what he said something like his brain is his best tool or attribute or something, right? I think he's 100% right. Like he's a super intelligent player. That's what stands out when you watch him. That's why his shot selection is so good. That's why he's so crafty. That's why he's able to maximize this. This is he's what third. He was a 34th, 30, 32nd pick in the same draft that Mitchell Robinson was, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, he's absolutely maximized every single goddamn bit of ability he has. That's because he fights, it's because he's active, he cares, and he's smart as hell. Um, as far as just like, you know, um, sorry, you, you asked something else, right? Specifically, like, takeaway. Oh, yeah, I, the end of game stuff. Like, so we have two games now that have, like, have actually mattered in the fourth quarter. You know, the opener against Memphis and then this one tonight against Orlando. I feel very confident saying this without looking at any data at all. The quality of shots we're getting in the fourth quarter in those situations is way better than it was last year. Way, way, way better. Uh, We got a bunch of quality open threes in the fourth tonight. And like that bore out at the end. And then on top of that, you get Brunson's mid-range shot making, which is fucking incredible. Um, he's probably, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to rank him, but like if you're ranking guys in the league and just mid range scoring, he's way up there. He is way, way up there. Um, I, I, I mean this with like, he's not, he doesn't have the same peaks, but his mid range scoring craft is like, like at times you're like, it, that's like when Kyrie is not insane. Like he has some of that level in him, like where you're just like, he can score in this super congested area against guys that have height and length advantages over him because he's just so crafty. He's an absolute master. His footwork is impeccable. He's got amazing touch. I, I his touch is unreal. Um, and I just think like to your like the stuff about Randall, like I don't want I because Randall overall today, especially offensively, defensively was another weird one for him, but offensively he was really good for most of this game. Um, in the fourth quarter, we saw a lot of the, some of the, you know, 2021, 2022 Randall start to peak out, but like, this is why you got Brunson mm-hmm. because because, and these guys know, like you could see it. They know Brunson is the closer. They know Brunson is the guy at the end of the games who needs the rock and is going to dictate the show, right? They know this. You could see it. Randall accepted it. RJ accepts it. All of them accept it. All of them are looking to give it to Brunson and clearing clearing out for him. Um, this is why you got him. Because once those possessions started happening, he was like, okay, enough, enough. Like, I, I'm here. I got this. He hit like a mid-range jumper. Then he hit like a, I don't know. He, he hit a couple of just really nice shots. Uh, he created a couple open threes for guys. He was just really good down the stretch. And it just like, he's not, you can't speed him up. 
That's probably mm-hmm. the biggest compliment I can give him. He's very poised. He, he, yeah, he's super poised. I think that playoff run last year, like that definitely eased a lot of any concerns I had about him because, you know, all the concerns about him were about the playoffs and like, you know, can he match up? And I think like doing what he did, it feels like he has a level of confidence that he didn't have. Like, not that he was an unconfident player. He's always been a confident player, but I feel like now he looks at himself as like, I am a star point guard. Like I should be an all-star I think I like that he took it personally. Like Cole Anthony made a couple of shots and he's like, okay, enough, like enough. I'm going to make three straight jumpers right now in your face and you're not going to do shit. Um, it's nice to have a player that like not only has the mentality, but has the, the scoring efficiency and ability to back it up. Yep. Jeff, what you think about um, Brunson tonight? Um. Yeah, when Schwinn said this is exactly why he got it, we we got the Knicks got him. Uh, he was spot on, and I, I want this to is say, why the Knicks uh, definitely didn't tamper at all. Well, not once to get him, <laughs> not at all. Um, in the season preview I wrote for the Knicks, uh, I wrote about Brunson and I wrote about how he relates to kind of a fallacy in analytics, and he really showcased it tonight because. When you're up against a bad team, the only way you can lose when you're, when you're you know the Knicks were up ten. The, the only way you can lose is if you just don't score, like if you just run a really bad offense. And we saw it last year. That's how we lost to the Thunder at home. It's how we lost to the Blazers. It's how we lost to the Nets when the Nets didn't have any of their big three. The Knicks were just shooting low efficiency shot after low efficiency shot, and for Brunson to be able to, whenever he wants, get a good efficiency shot, even versus a set defense, even at the end of games, that is immensely valuable, even if in a vacuum, a mid-range shot isn't the most valuable shot. At that time in the game, you want to reduce the variance and you want to heighten your median outcome. And Brunson is like the ultimate median outcome. He can get a 45% shot whenever he wants. Yep. Yep. And that is something the Knicks have not had since Carmelo Anthony. That was why Melo was always an underrated scorer because, and that's why, by the way, those Nuggets teams and the Knicks before Melo kind of just mailed it in, they always were above their head in terms of uh, Pythag wins versus actual wins. And people would say, oh, those Nuggets teams ran good at the end of games. No. Carmelo well, Anthony. Melo Mello was awesome. It, it, like, it's kind of weird. It went away in New York. And I wonder if that was just like because we overplayed him. But like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think there was one year in Denver where he had like seven game winners. You know, like he you're right. Like he Denver in Denver, especially. I think it was the year that they went to the uh, Western Conference Finals that year. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He was awesome that year. Yeah, and so when you have a guy who can get you a similar efficiency look that you can get throughout the whole game, that is better than other teams that can't do that. It's why Dwight Howard-led teams were always below their Pythagan expectations because their best player could not do that. It's why Dirk Nowinski, his teams always were above their heads in close games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm repeating myself. But the point is, is Jalen Brunson, he's not Dirk or Mello. But he is He's the better. way he scores, <laughs> the way he scores and the profile of shots he shoots 
are similar enough that I feel like the comparison is there and what he's going to bring to the Knicks, what he brought to the Knicks tonight is just so valuable. Um, and I, I think like to, to kind of give an analogy there, it's like mid range jumpers aren't like, especially like everything is useful situationally. Right. So like being a really good, excellent mid range scorer is valuable when you're trying to salt the way a game. Like if you're, if you're trying to, if you have a 10 point lead, okay. With six minutes left at that point in time of the game, maximizing like it, it it's not that much more valuable to take like a three like if if you're if you're shooting a 37 percent three versus a 45 percent two at that point in the game i'd rather have the 45 percent two probably um and like right. and i think like this is like you know it's it's kind of like there's this stupid idea with football where it's like Oh, like, you know, this is how you got it, right? This this year in the NFL, where it's like, you got to this point where teams actually started believing, like, you don't need to run the ball. Running the ball doesn't matter. Like, you can just pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. And it's like, that's the wrong takeaway. The right takeaway is, like, you should do, like, if you're good at running the ball, then run the ball. Like, it's not hard. And it's like, and there is value in being good at running the ball because let's say you have, like, a 10-point lead. Okay, now... You're forced now. You can really salt away a game, or like now with this year, you're seeing you know with defense is playing like too high all the time. If you can't run the ball, you're kind of screwed. And I think that's why offense is so down in the league this year. Um, but like just to bring it back to the basketball, uh, I mean that's that's what it is. It's like like Brunson gives you this thing where it's like yeah, you probably don't want to be like hammering away at mid range jumpers for the entirety of the first and second quarter or something. But like, yeah, when you're trying to just milk, like just end a game, which is like, you know, it was like a seven, nine point game. It was like in that area where you're like, man, if we miss a couple shots and they just make a three here, all of a sudden it gets really tight. Like the fact that it got to seven and he was like, okay, boom, step back, mid-range jumper. Okay, boom, baseline fade, mid-range jumper. Like, and those shots, like, I mean, like you said, it's like 45% shot, but it feels like it's a 67% shot or something for him. It's just right. like, like I, I had, I was getting annoyed when he was trying to feed Julius on the block. And it's not because Julius actually did have a mismatch, but I'm just like, I don't want anybody else touching the ball right now other than you. Like, unless it's like you setting up somebody for a spot up or Mitch getting a dunk, I don't want anybody else handling the rock right now. Um, but like, I mean, that's, that says something though. Like I haven't felt that way about any Nick in God knows how long. I know people like to talk about Derek Rose the year that we went, uh, you know, 41 and 31, right? Like he was really good. But even then at the end of games, I still like, th- th- I don't know, this thing with Brunson is like, it just feels, I'm like, I- I'm just so happy at the end of games. I'm just like, yeah, no, we're good. Just please Jalen, take the ball and uh, take us home. And like, you know, again, we have two games now, competitive games on the stretch where we have evidence of like, not just him scoring well, but him setting up guys and us as a team now creating quality shot opportunities at the end of games. Whereas like last year, it was always a struggle. It was always such a struggle. And some of that is like, we can say like, I do still put a lot of that on Tibbs, but the fact is like, if Tibbs is your coach, this is the type of scorer you need. You need to have a guy like this at the end of games. And now we do. And it's great. Um, also the Nets look like they're about to lose to Memphis. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Um, before we get to comments, I do want to get to another glaring good player of this game. Um, Emmanuel quickly. 
Um, and I probably, I, I want to pair him up with Obi in this because, you know, they come as a package deal, basically. Um, once they come into the game, it's like pure chaos. But um, let's start with Emmanuel quickly. Seven, um, eight, finish with the night with eight assists. Um, seven of them coming in the first half. A good majority of them coming to coming to his um, arch nemesis, as we all know, is um, Cameron Reddish, who he hates with every fiber in his being. Um, but yeah, it was very, it was just very encouraging to see, you know, Emmanuel quickly keep up with like, even though he's not going to score, he still has such a like lasting impact on the game. I tweeted during the game that he was basically, as soon as he came in, he was basically dominating with just like rebounding the ball really well and then finding guys open and getting guys like into transition buckets really quickly. Um, no pun intended, but um, yeah, I mean, how do, how do we feel about quickly's performance? I mean, I, I know we're all pretty like, stoked with it but yeah uh i was extremely happy with his performance i still i need him to just like he's got to start pulling on some of these kick out threes that he's getting it's weird that he just keeps kind of like hesitating and then driving again and i think like he i don't know he was in a kind of like distributor mode today so yeah uh, he was like beaming balls like into the stands and yeah shit. Like, I, and I, I generally i'm just not worried about it like mm-hmm. i think it's important i'll just i'll say this this is not like to dismiss Derrick Rose or anything. Um, mm. I thought it was very noticeable in this game, especially when that bench, you know, is in when Emmanuel quickly was initiating those possessions, they got good shots. When Derrick Rose is initiating possessions, they did not get good shots. It was very noticeable in this game. Um, Derrick Rose has a role in this team. I actually like love his current role in this team where Tibbs is like, yeah, you'll play like 14 minutes. I'm like, is Tibbs okay? Like, is he good, bro? Like, what's going on? Um, but I, I like this role for him. And I think that it's perfect for him. He's probably going to play more games than he's played in the last few years just because we're not overusing him. Uh, and the other big takeaway is that, like, if you still think Derrick Rose is the backup point guard in this team, I'm not sure what you're watching, buddy, because it ain't Derrick Rose. It is Emmanuel quickly. Um, and, yeah, like you mentioned, like, the Obi thing was weird to I thought Obi played really well. I get like I'm not I'm not gonna kill tips for this. Okay, I'm just not. But like I I think he should have he should have let him stick in the fourth quarter for a little bit more. I think he overreacted to Paolo coming back in. Uh I'm willing to give Tibbs again, it's the third game of the season. I'm not gonna kill him for this stuff yet. Uh let's see where we are in 10 games. And and to his credit, like Randall actually did have a good game today. So I'm less upset about it. It's not like he pulled Obi for a bad Julius today. Um, but, you know, Obi played well. I don't think he needed to come out when he did. Mm-hmm, and sure. if you kind of look at, like, when the Knicks did take control of the game, it, it was, was when, when Obi... And... Yeah, and Cam, and Cam. I thought that unit looked yeah. awesome. You could see, like, you know, the biggest thing that stood out to me throughout this game, you could just... It was just like, what are who are we playing? Are we just playing against like a team of aliens that are all like 18 feet tall? It was insane. It's like you're playing the Ents or something, right? Like it was just absolutely bonkers. Um, but like that group, so it was like I think it was RJ, OB, uh, Mitch. It was, it was the bench plus RJ instead of Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think and that group was just like and a, and Brunson was in a point in the second half at that for that group. So it was it was Brunson, RJ, Cam, Obi. And then Hartenstein. That group, they looked like they, they were the most physically on par with Orlando. And they blew the game open. They absolutely blew the game open. Um, I think Cam, I thought Cam had a pretty solid outing today. 
he's still like there's stuff he's got to work on for sure. Like you can still watch him on defense and he's like, he gets stuck on screens. He gets a little bit lost, mm-hmm. but you know, what's nice about cam. He can get lost, but if he's like, if he realizes it quick enough, he's so long that it doesn't matter. Like it just doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very encouraged. I'm probably like more encouraged by this game weirdly than I was the season opener against Memphis because I thought he contributed well without being like, without having some outlier having to be the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He just played well in his role. He play- yep. Yeah. Exactly. And I and loved, that's what you I want. Loved, from him. Yeah. And I loved that take he had to the rim. Uh, I thought that was awesome. He just went through, you know, Jeff, we talked about this when you were on the pod last week, but like he went, he took that contact. He, he accepted the contact. He went through it. I love that. Yeah. I thought that was a great take. Um, and I'm just happy that Emmanuel quickly was able to get over his ne- unending, never dying, raging hatred for Cam Reddish today uh, and dimed him up three times. That was really, really big of him, really shows a lot of growth uh, as a human being in person. Yeah. Uh, I thought quickly was really good outside of the putting the ball in the basket part of it. Um, he, he does so much moving when Brunson's yes. the one in, 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 in the game that you just really have to pay attention to like, he's always, he, it's almost like Obi. It's like, he sees what Obi does when he has the ball and how Obi tries to get him in, get himself involved. And quickly he's like, okay, when I'm not dominating the ball, I have to do that. You know? And like, he's always setting like go screens, rub screens. He's always running from A to B. He's just. And just wait for Brunson to like, they're still not on the same page. Just wait for that. Just wait yeah. for that. That that group is going to be that. They're going to be fun, man. Like they, you can already tell. You know what I mean? Like you can just see it. Um, and like, look, we, we I I kind of shit on Tibbs for the the Ob thing, but like, I think yeah, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Jeff. But like, I think he deserves a ton of credit for closing out with quickly in the second in the in that fourth quarter oh absolutely and uh he he i don't know if you guys noticed this but he did two different things in the two halves again which he never did the last two seasons so in the first Evan, half, bro. i think I, I gotta be honest first of all i think that's possible yeah i think you, you mentioned him earlier i think rose might become situational when grimes comes back i think that like the trust they're showing in quickly i think they're gonna go quickly grimes cam ob Hartenstein is the bench unit. And I think they're going to say to Rose, look, man, how often are we going to be, are these 10 guys all going to be healthy? You're the 11th man, any game, but in between those games rest, we know you can stay ready. I think that's going to be what happens. Um, I wonder if like, it would be fire. And I actually, to that, to that, that's a, that's actually a pretty good point. Um, I wonder if it's like a thing where they're like, look, you're going to be situational. But also, like, we will guarantee, like, we're going to pick up your option for next year. Kind of like a quid pro quo, right? Um, to, I'll say, I'll to, say, quote, to quote Hannibal Lecter. I'll say this, though. If that happens, they need to start Grimes. Because, oh, for sure. Because for two reasons. Obviously, we know the pros that it gives the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. We all agree on quickly. We all love quickly. But where the detractors do have a point is when it's quickly with four guys who aren't capable of initiating, he can over dribble. And 
quickly plus Grimes plus Cam plus Obi plus Hartenstein would turn into the Emmanuel quickly show. Mm-hmm. Fournier as an initiator would bring huge amounts of value to that second unit. And we would be maximizing Fournier's skill set in a way the starting lineup does not do it. So if Derek Rose isn't going to be next to Emmanuel quickly to because that's where Rose is huge right now, right? Like mm-hmm. Emmanuel quickly, you know, he has a couple tough possessions. Rose says, okay, I'll take this one, you know, and Rose is, is fine every couple of possessions to do that still. He can still do that. That would be what Fournier could do. Um, yeah, so if if that happens, I really think it's just Grimes has to start, or, or quickly, but yeah, Grimes has to start. All right, let's get to some comments because we do got quite a few rolling in. Um, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Can I, I just want to finish my thought uh, real mm-hmm. quick. Um, yeah, go ahead. The thing I was about the substitution pattern. So in the first half, he did RJ plus the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. Oh, so, my God. So, that, those minutes were so fun. Right. So so he pulled RJ and Mitch early, and then he reinserted RJ to start the second, and it was RJ plus the bench. In the second half, he pulled uh, Randall and Mitch early, and then it was IQ and at, at one point in the fourth, it ended up being first, it was Obi with Brunson. So that got Obi and Brunson some minutes together. And then in the fourth, it ended up being IQ, Cam, Fournier, IQ, Cam, Fournier, Randall, and Brunson. So it was just two almost different rotations, which is something you never see from Tibbs. I'm always going to sort of be hard on Tibbs for his hockey shifts, but I've loved all the different lineup combinations he's thrown out there. He's really just like, Okay, I'm gonna throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Like that's the finally, vibe yeah, finally. That's that's the vibe I've gotten the first three games, and I've really, really been a fan of it. Let's see if it holds up, though, because you know, <laughs> you know how things get when 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 Thib's boat gets gets rocked. You know, he starts you know going back to his old ways. So, but if he if he if he starts sticking with lineups now, mm-hmm. at least hopefully it's because he's like, okay, I've gotten a sample. I think I have a feel for what my best lineups are. That was what we hated last year. Was yes. he he was sticking with lineups without even trying other stuff and be like, I know what's good. But he didn't know what was good because he wasn't willing to try anything new. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the lineups he was sticking with weren't performing well. It just made no sense. And this year. You know, if in 10, 20 games, the lineup combinations start to lessen, I'll at least have more trust that he's like, okay, I've gotten a feel for what works best. I'm going to go with that now more. Totally, totally agree. I'm glad that he's trying new shit. I mean, I mentioned last game that I like to see the Brunson IQ staggered with the starters as well with the bench. So, you know, he's it's encouraging to see that he's trying new things. We'll see if it holds up crossing our fingers all of us because you know that means good things for this team because you know all these different lineups are only you know better for the players on this team in ter- especially the young guys because it gives them more opportunities to see what we have in them going forward especially with the guys that have contracts coming up um let's get to some comments now um ace bouchard says are we allowed to speak honestly about randall now that tyrese isn't here <laughs> i gotta i gotta be honest like i don't again i I'm of the opinion here that it's like with Randall, it's got to be, I need this. I need this. I two months, two months. I need to see for two months until then. I'm just like, this is all I'm fine. Like I'm happy that he's playing well, but I'm not, I'm not commenting good or bad on Julius as much as possible. Same. Uh, 
for two months. I give me two I'm, months. Plus. I'm I'm going a little bit longer than Schwinn. I'm going a little bit longer than two months because everyone knows I hate this guy. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going a little bit longer than two months. Um, that's so, that's so strong. <laughs> the, the beginning of last year tricked me way too hard. Like I got to see a little bit more. I got to see a little bit more, but he had an okay night tonight, you know, led the team in scoring. Um, I didn't like some of the shots that he took just because they're bad shots. And if he sees them go in, goes in, go in, I think that it's going to like continue this bad habit of, oh, I made it before I can do it again, which was the whole story of the 2020, 21 season. I mean, the big thing for me, and this is why, like, I'll just say, I think he's played fairly like pretty good today was obviously the best game he had the entire season to me um but like you know jeff we talked about this when you came on the pod i like the physicality he's playing with i feel like he's playing with a good edge it's not like the the edge he had last year was just like some self-destructive nonsense i don't know what was going on with him um but the edge he's played with especially in particular the memphis game and this game is like very very impressive to me and it's like a necessary physicality and sometimes like he commits stupid fouls on Paolo for no reason, but I don't mind it because it's it's coming from the right place, right? I, I, you can you can see that. You can see. I like that you can visibly see him trying, like understanding when I'm going to the rim, Mitch is going to be in the dunker spot and trying to feed him the ball. Those are things that we did not. I haven't seen from Julius the last few years. I think he's making an actual effort to do that. Um, I liked seeing there was a play today. He messed something up. And he like went over to Mitch and was like, my bad or something like that. And I just like, mm-hmm. like, those are the small, tiny things that you're like, I'm like two months, give me that for two months and I'm on board. But like, I need to see that for two months. Cause right now, look, nothing has happened. Like the there's no, they're not facing any adversity. They haven't had a losing streak. They haven't been through some horrific loss. They haven't had a collapse. Like there's, there's not everything. The vibes are good. Yeah. The vibes are good right now. And, and that's great. I, it would be great if we never faced any adversity ever. That would be fantastic. Um, but that's not realistic. That's going to happen at some point. I want to see how he reacts. Um, but you have to be encouraged by the offensive play. He actually had a really good moment today at the end of the first half where he called out a set to get RJ going downhill on a couple of staggers. He missed. I was literally, I was literally about to say that. Yeah. No, RJ, keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah. RJ missed the dunk. But like, like Randall called that out for RJ. He, I think he saw RJ was struggling. He wanted to get him a yep. shot. Um, and I liked like that's that's a great moment from him. That's like that's the type of leadership that you were like, what what happened to you last year, man? Where was that last? year? Where was that the, last the, year? The, the, the circumstances of that exact possession you're talking about, you're actually selling it short. RJ was one for nine, yep. and Brunson and Brunson had just left with his third foul. That was Randall's team at that moment. It, it would have been very justifiable based on how he played in the first half for him to say, okay, this is my half, the rest of the half. Back-to-back possessions. The first one, he got it to RJ. RJ turned it over. They go back. They get a stop. Next time down, quickly runs to take a handoff, and Randall waves him away, and that's the set you're talking about. It was actually after he had already gotten him the ball. Randall said, RJ, I'm feeding you. I'm feeding you. I still believe in you. You're my guy. That That's what he was doing. I love that. That was probably my favorite, you know, intangible moment of the game from Randall, of the season from Randall, because a guy like RJ needs, a guy like RJ needs that. He's 22 years old and 
you know, who knows? I mean, they, they, they say all the right things, but who knows what their chemistry has been like in three years in the Knicks to have Randall be like, dude, it's your one for nine. Who cares? Keep shooting. Like we believe in you is huge. I, I love that. That was a really good call by you. Yeah. Um, it was, it was just, those are the, those are the things that like, it just, again, that's what you exactly, that's the type of small thing that see, that's the thing that like, I can deal with you shooting like crap. I can deal with like, I can deal with that stuff. If you're giving me those type of small moments, if you're putting mm-hmm. in the effort, like, I don't think he played well defensively today, but I don't think it was, there was one really atrocious one in transition where he just like decided not to get in front of Paolo for some reason. Um, but like overall, like I didn't watch his defensive performance today and think like, Oh, he's not competing. No, he's, he was competing. I, the, the technique, the execution wasn't always there, but he was competing. Um, but God, I mean, I really wish he could, box out at all that would be fantastic um i swear i swear to god i was gonna god man we, we share a brain sometimes <laughs> if if breen if breen says he's a great he's defensive best defensive rebounder one more time i'm gonna lose my goddamn mind he gets blown by for every box out of his it's insane <laughs> he, he never gets a high leverage rebound ever he lets, he lets mitch do all the dirty work and then he like swoops in and gets that rebound it's, it's insane. i think breen was a little like look you gotta give breen a pass he was a little too uh starstruck by bull bull today so um he did love him yeah he that was it was crazy how much he, he loves just, like freakishly tall like black dudes like he was freaking out over <laughs> taco and like now he's freaking out over bull like brian is there something you want to tell us dog <laughs> maybe uh but like yeah no i like this is an encouraging performance and again like the best part of this look we gotta look we, let's be honest rj had a terrible first half awful yes. awful 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 first half all around Bad processes, bad shot selection, bad finishing, execution, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's forcing it. And it's like, I'm I'm so happy he made three threes in the second half because it feel it really felt like he's like I feel like he's he's playing like he has to justify his contract. Like like if he doesn't play well, if he doesn't make the next shot, like the contract, like everybody like it's like, dude, just just play. And it's like he's worried about like what Twitter's gonna say about yeah, his just, contract. Just make good decisions. Like it, when he is like, you know, I thought uh, who's the assistant they talked to at halftime? Uh, I forget who it was. was. The, yeah, I can picture him. I can't think of his name. Yeah, whatever. It was one of the. It was one of Tibbs's guys. One of the older dudes. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was like Larry Greer? Andy Greer. Andy Greer. That's who it was. Um, but they asked him like I think Rebecca asked him something like. Oh, how can you get RJ Barrett going? And his his response is exactly what I've been saying forever about RJ. He was like, he's like, when he gets into the paint, he's got to spray it out. Like he, you, it's not just like, you know, try to make layups. Like when you're collapsing a defense, especially on a team with this much size, right? They're going to be blocking your shots. They are going to be at the rim, and they're. They're not disciplined, though. This is the thing. So if you drive and kick and drive and kick and drive and kick, you're eventually going to get a great shot against this team. doesn't matter how long they are. doesn't matter how athletic they are. They are young, they are dumb, and they are not a good defensive team Um, because most young teams are not good defensive teams. And so, like, that's what was so frustrating watching that first half because I'm like, dude, it doesn't – stop trying to, like, shoot your way out of this slump. Stop trying to do that. Just make the right play. And I think in the second half, he did a better job of it. Um, he was definitely not forcing it as much. 
he still had a couple drives or whatever, but like in general, he played better in the second half. But like, we cannot, he cannot have one of these months. Like, we we can't do one of these, uh, these months at the start of the year again where he's just like a complete basket case where he gets together. Like, no, like this second half needs to be like the platform for, okay. Next game, you know, you know what you have to do. Yeah, just, I, I don't need, like, and this is the beauty of this team. Like, they don't need him, like, to drop guys, 30 like the yeah, end of last year. Yeah, they don't need him. Like none of these guys, not a single one, not Randall, not Brunson, not RJ, not quickly, not Rose, not Camp, not anybody. None of them has to score 25 a night. Nope. Like it can That was it, the beauty of the Detroit Pistons win, is that you know, strength in numbers, basically. Yeah, like this is your team is deep. Use the depth, dude. Trust your teammates, make the right plays. Um, I like, I mean, look, I believe in it. That was a, like, that was what quickly did tonight. Yeah, exactly. Like he didn't have it he going. Took four he, shots. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. It, well, I think he took five, but one of them was like the end of quarter heave. So it's like whatever. Um, but yeah, like it, it's exactly what it is. It's like it doesn't need. Again, if you if he's good enough, every night will be his night. He just doesn't need to actively search it out. We don't need him to actively search it out and initiate and try it. Like no, we don't need that, dude. Just play, like just. I mean, play again, free basketball. Yeah, and like I guess like what like again to to quote Tibbs, uh, the the genius coach that I've always loved. Um, just like the game tells you what to do, like he's right. Like the game is was telling him today, like, hey, dude, maybe you don't got it going. It's okay, relax. Like just trust your teammates. Randall's got it going. Brunson's got it going. Like you got a dominant lob monster inside in Mitch, uh, who I thought had a really solid game by the way. Kind of like anchoring that defense um just stay down on your feet when wendell carter jr pump fakes like it's fine you know what Don't he's gonna do it. you know uh, what he's gonna do yeah but you're bigger than him yeah but it was that's two solid games in a row for mitch he looks really physically you know pretty close to as good as he's ever looked mm-hmm. uh, really spry and um yeah i mean also shout out to hartenstein who i thought aside from that insane outlet pass that he threw in the fourth quarter uh i thought had a really solid game mitch had one sequence um in the uh in the first half where like wendell carter jr did everything he could to get by mitch and mitch just slid with him perfectly and then he threw a pass to bull bull and he just slid over and blocked bull bull it, it was the most impressive like defensive sequence of the season. It was so good. Mitch was so good on both ends tonight. He's just an absolute beast. For for sure. Um, <clears throat> let's get some more comments. Um, this is a good one. What do you think the plan is for Obi on this team? He played well tonight and still only playing 14 minutes. IQ's minutes were also odd in that he didn't play for the entire third quarter. Yeah. That third quarter, it, it kind of concerned me. And then he ended up closing the game. So like, they kind of mitigated that concern for me. Um, the Obi stuff is always going to be annoying for me because dude just played his ass off for those 14 minutes and still wasn't able to, um, you know, get some burn there. Um, but what do you guys think about um, what do you think the plan is for Obi? Uh, I, ha- I don't think they have a plan. <laughs> I think their plan. Fair. I think their plan is hope tips plays them more this year. And it's a mixed bag. Um, the he, the thing is, it, it comes down to Tibbs. Just like he has to come to the same realization that he's had with Quickly that he has with Obi. That like, or 
he has to come to the same realization with Obi that he has has done with quickly, where it's like, I can trust him playing against other team starters. It's not a big deal. Like yes. it's, it's fine. That's the, that's it. That's the only thing he needs to do. And that would automatically almost guarantee him 18 to 20 minutes. Is that enough? Maybe not. But I'll also say like, I think I'm guilty of this. We're all guilty of this. Sometimes like you're so in it as a fan that like these, everything seems like it's the worst and, and other teams are doing it better. But like, I mean, I think there's something to be said of like Tibbs. Obi has done a good job of developing under Tibbs. That doesn't mean that everything Tibbs does is great and wonderful. But then if you look at like some of the guys drafted around him in that class, you know, like I'm looking at Patrick Williams tonight, 15 minutes. He started the game 15 minutes to a seven. Like that kid is completely lost. He reeks. He's terrible. Killian Hayes, awful. He uh, I mean, you, that that entire like Onyeka Okongwu, right? Like good player, he barely plays. He's got the same issue that Obi does. Like, I just think like I'm not even I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like I think stuff like this happens a lot around the league. Happens and, more often than we think. Yeah, and it's just like we're Knicks fans, so this matters to us more than whatever the hell is going on in Atlanta or Chicago or whatever. But like, I don't. I'm not at the point yet where I'm gonna jump. You know, I'm not going to jump off the roof about this. Like, I think, again, I think Tibbs says he's made an effort so far through three games in preseason to actually get the Knicks playing faster. Uh, he's effectively bumped quickly up in the rotation ahead of Derrick Rose, which I know is like the crazy, like that is probably the hardest thing he's ever had to do in his entire life. Um, <laughs> and... You know, like I, I just think that he's even like like Jeff talked about this. His rotations haven't been the same in each half. He's like actually tried new things. So I am, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm defending Coach Tibbs. Uh, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt so far through three games. I'm willing to see what he does with Obi. Uh, I agree with what Christopher said here that like it doesn't really make sense that he only played 14 minutes tonight. But I am okay with that. And also, like, I think IQ's minutes were odd because he already knew he was closing the entire fourth quarter with him. Mm, okay. And that's why I didn't blame him. That third. makes that's, sense. That's what I think. That makes sense. Um, You know, still got to be cautious with Dibs because, you know, he can rear his ugly head at any moment. And I think he really – we're going to be annoyed at this. <laughs> I, if Especially if Jeff is right that Grimes is going to come in for Rose – we're going to be really annoyed because Evan is going to be like the Alfred Payton start stuff. Like not, and not because he's not going to be anywhere near as destructive by the way. Um, But like, I think he wants to play quickly more than Evan. And I think he's like kind of coming around on cam. Like I was surprised how much he cam was the first guy off the bench in the second half. Yeah. I was I was surprised by that, and I was surprised. I think he's had a and he was the last guy out in the first half. Yeah, exactly. I think he wants to see Cam a little bit with that starting group, um, and he's made an effort to do that, and he wants to see quickly that starting group, and he's made an effort to do that. And this is like a like let's be honest, man. That's this is a level of experimentation from Tibbs that like it, it constitutes genuine growth as a coach, and 
especially for him. What is he, 64 years old? Like, to to maybe turn over a new leaf here? Like, maybe it's the dementia. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but whatever, whatever is causing it, uh, you know, look, that it speaks well on him, and uh, he deserves credit for it. Um, he, he, he even had a cool. He even had a cool quote that they showed during the game today, where he was like, you know. I watched all the other teams in the offseason and I was like, we have to grow. Like here are the areas we have to grow. And like you can't you can't doubt the guy's commitment. You can I mean the thing is I know he watched. I that's the thing is like I I buy that he watched every other team in the NBA this offseason. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I mean he's he doesn't he doesn't have anything else. No, he does not. This is a man who literally did not get married because of basketball. He wanted to commit to basketball. He's, he's married to basketball. <laughs> All right. Um, don't want to get too far in the show without doing the ad read. So, uh, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So, tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. (laughs) Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. In As you see in the corner right there, um, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right, let's keep back. What what happened, do you, Jeff? Do you do you do you uh, do you have any bets tonight, Sam? What we got? Um, do I have anything that I placed tonight? Yeah. Um, so I placed tonight. Let me see if my phone will load some things up. Um, I got a uh, Simon's. I, I was big on Tatum's points, rebounds, and assists tonight. That was that was pretty nice. Mm. I I have still. Uh... Not placed my first uh, NBA wager yet this season. Well, I guess I did, but it was a live bet, so it's different. No, that still uh, counts. No, but it's like I. It's different because it's like I don't like betting NBA first week, like games, because I just think it's really weird. Like, it, mm. like, like the Jazz are not gonna. They're not good. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> care. Like, they're not good. Okay, they're not. They're just not gonna be good. Um, I don't care. Like, they're three and one. They lost to Houston today. Finally. Um, like it's just stuff like that where I'm like, okay, like I, and I, and for example, Minnesota looks terrible right now. I still feel pretty confident. They're going to end up being a really good team. Um, but like, I, I do think some of the stuff that's going on with them. I'm like, guys, um, I don't know. Like, are you, are we, what's happening here? Or are, I just think it, it, it's more about like, I think it exposes some concerns about like what their ultimate ceiling really is with this group and less about, Oh, are they going to even be a good regular season team? I'm pretty sure they'll still be. A good well, 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 when Edward, well, when their most important player comes out and says, <laughs> like the smaller uh, I, 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 I operate better under circumstances that won't exist. That's, <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. Dude, Benson oh, no. is trash, by the way. This man <laughs> is so bad. 
Um, all right, let's get back to some. Um, I will say my my one bet that did come close to um cashing was I made the same game parlay for the um Pacers and um Sixers game. I had Jalen Smith over threes, um, eight rebounds from him as well. Tyrese Tyler in eight assists, James Harden 10 assists. I had Matherin for three threes and 25 points because he's been on a tear. Of course, tonight was the night that, you know, he had a little bit of a dud. Um, those were the only two legs that didn't cash. I also had Embiid for 25 and Tyrese for two threes. The Benedict lines were the only two that didn't ca- that didn't go through. Of course, tonight was the night that he had a dud. You hate to say it. You do. You really do. Um, but, you know, I've been, I've been hitting pretty well, you know, off some people that I tailed. Yesterday, I got Nick Richards double-double, you know, plus 1,400. So you know that's pretty good. That's. Uh, uh, I think this is actually this is something that um, is notable. So I just want to bring this up. Uh, this is a tweet from Steve Jones Jr. at mm-hmm. Steve Jones Twenty. Uh, he said, "So the Magic went zone, and the Knicks responded with checks notes. Great ball movement. I think that was very very noticeable. Like, and this is noticeable because we have talked about this for the last two years." Every time the Knicks face a team that went zone, they were like, oh, oh my God. God. They didn't know what to do. Yeah, what do we do? Oh, my God. Off. Like, this is crazy. And today, when Orlando went zone, they ha- they knew what to do. And they moved the ball. They got to the nail. They got guys at the free throw line, which is exactly what you want to do. It was great. Um, it was really, really good to see. And, again, like, you know, Jeff, you just mentioned that quote from Tibbs during the game. Like, he is showing, like, we're seeing real signs of – of adaptation. I thought it was interesting. Um, there was that thing. I think, I don't remember who was, maybe Rebecca was talking about it, about like, they asked Johnny Bryan what they did to like speed to, to be more comfortable operating at pace. And he was talking about how they like put in a clock so that to get the ball across half court or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if Tibbs is like letting Johnny Bryan coach, not dead coach, but obviously he's always been coaching. <laughs> But, like, I wonder if he's, like, allowing him to have more active input in, like, the actual operations of the team right now. New um, leak by the end of the season. Johnny Bryant was actually coaching the Knicks this whole time this year. If Tibbs is the CEO and he lets him do that, that's all that matters. I don't care. That's good with me. I'm about to ask you guys a question that displays some of my ignorance here. So... When everybody wanted Tibbs fired, everyone was like, oh, free Johnny Bryant, yada, yada. What evidence do we have that Johnny Bryant is like, can coach? Why, why do we think that? I, I, I'm not like saying it was, he can't. I'm just, I'm just curious what people I, are basically. I think about. it was a more, I think more so it was like, an op, they want, people want to see a new face, a new opportunity, get a chance okay. because cool. we've seen like other young assistants or like fresh assistants get gigs and be like, pretty good off the bat so the assumption would be yeah. like you know johnny bryant's he's he's you know he's been around and you know he's been he's earned his 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 way so far so you know it'd be fun he, coached under, be fun. he, was, he, was, he was an assistant for snyder right yes in Utah? yes so that's something <laughs> yeah so really like good. a lot of people were like you know what let's see what this young guy can bring you know he's trained with guys like damian lillard and donovan mitchell so you know let's see what the guy can do um cool. The, the yeah, the Johnny Bryan thing for me is like he's been a well regarded assistant for a while. He was a finalist for the Utah job this offseason. Mm-hmm. So he's like not it's not like just some guy that like you're like, well, he's 
young and he's an assistant coach. So therefore he like, we'll give, no, it's like a guy that like people on the NBA talk pretty highly positively about, I think he's interviewed for a few jobs. Uh, the Knicks made him the highest paid, I think associate head coach in the league when they got him from Utah. So like, I mean, presumably they must think highly of him. Yeah. Uh, and he's obviously done. I think he's done really good development work with like a variety of our young players. He's obviously Dame, Damian Lillard's worked with him. He's credited him for um, Donovan Mitchell, all these guys. So like he's got pedigree and I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting anyway. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was my reasoning anyway, but like, Hey, look, we were all, we were a lot, a lot of us anyway, most of us, a lot of us were very critical of the Knicks keeping Tibbs because we didn't believe he would adapt or change and take things on. He has done that. And I think based on, you know, if he keeps us up this year, then I think not only do you credit Tibbs, you also have to credit Leon Rose for trusting and believing in him. Yeah. Trusting in him. Yeah. True. All right. I agree entirely. All right. Let's get to some more comments before we, 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 we shut down shop. Um, Let's see. All right, this is the one that talks about the game ahead, I guess. Is it a trap game against Charlotte? Um, also, for the Hawks, you gave up multiple first-round picks for Murray just to lose against Charlotte without starters. That was a very interesting game. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr., Kelly Oubre, and Nick Richards put a home, put away the, the Hawks. Um, I don't know if it's a trap game. Maybe. I mean, so far, this Knicks team, it looks like they, they take care of business against opponents they should. Um I thought this magic game would have been a trap game and it kind of did for a little bit until, you know, Jalen Brunson like took control of things. Um, but I expect the Knicks to take care of business against Charlotte. Um, what do you guys feel about the Charlotte game? I think they'll win. I think this is a bad matchup for Charlotte. Like they have no size inside. Um, we're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league, if not the best, uh, and it's like Dennis Smith Jr. versus Jalen Brunson. Good luck. Yeah, I just I just think this is this is a bad, bad matchup for them. We have a level of physicality that the, the thing is like this team is it has physicality, but like that they're also pretty fast. And it's weird because it's not like the most athletic team in the league or anything, but like that bench group, especially, they get out. Like they get out and run. Um anyway, I just think there's a bad matchup for Charlotte. I think we'll we'll hammer them. And this team so far, again, early, seems like they're like they know they have to take care. Like, they, I think it feels like they know these are the type of games they have to take care of business in. Because if you want to make the playoffs, you got to bank something. You got to bank wins. Um, like it's it's super early in the season, so nobody should be looking at standings. But like, for just as an example, right? Miami's one and three now, I think. You know, mm-hmm. like you have a chance to get to three and one. Like again, it's super early. You shouldn't be like looking at the standings, but the like you want to bank wins early so that you're not playing catch up, especially in this Eastern Conference, man. This Eastern Conference is brutal. Uh, if you get yourself into a hole, it is going to be hard to dig yourself out. I'm telling, like, it is going to be hard. Uh, like it's Philly, Philly's one and three right now. You know, I think I think they're still going to be like end up making a top four seed home court in the, in the East, but like you don't want to be as the Knicks don't have a superstar. Okay. They don't have a superstar. So for them, it's important. It's like, I'm going to use another football analogy. It's like a team that, that has to stay on schedule because they don't have Patrick Mahomes 
to bail them out on like third and 15 or something. Like you need to stay ahead of schedule. You need to get five yards on first down, three yards on second down. So your third down is manageable. Like the Knicks have to bank wins against teams that they should be. And especially if you look at the schedule, because after the Charlotte game, it is brutal. It is an absolute yeah. gauntlet. And um, yeah, you just, you, you have to bank these wins. You have to, have to, have to, have to bank these wins. Um, if this was last season, I, even with the same roster, I actually would say it's more of a trap game, but I'm going to get a little cocky here. Even if Steve Clifford is a better coach than Borrego, which he might be, I obviously don't know for sure. He's also a Tibbs-like clone. So we are going to see, I assume, very little P.J. Washington at the five, which is exactly what murdered us when we played Charlotte last year. Mm. There's multiple stretches where they just said, okay, Mason Plumlee, you're out of the game. Washington, you're our center. And him and and him and Miles Bridges just went nuts because Tibbs wouldn't counter. Wouldn't match him. He wouldn't counter with Obi and Randall. Randall. He, yep. he was just he was just like, all right, Mitch, good luck. And Mitch didn't know what to do. Um, what was our worst stretches of the game tonight? What what was our biggest weakness of the game tonight? It was when Wendell Carter Jr. actually popped out to the three. How many wide open threes did he get? Like I don't get why they didn't use him more in that action because he was getting wide open threes whenever he wanted but the magic didn't stick with that. So if you told me that PJ Washington was going to get serious run at the five, I could believe that the Hornets would get really hot from three, but I think we're going to take care of business Wednesday. So far they've been really, um, at least from what I saw, cause I was paying attention to the game yesterday cause I had money relying on it. Um, but they, they went with like Nick Richards and Mason Plumlee. It was either or of them at the five. So you're not going to see much so, of PJ Washington at the five. You tomorrow. bet you bet Charlotte to win or to cover. I bet. Nick Richards to get a double double. That's so. You need help. You have a problem. You might have a problem. I won. So yeah, but that's the most disgusting bet I think I've heard in a long time. Nick Richards double double. Oh, that's man. crazy. God, I gotta, I gotta now reach into the memory bank for my all time most disgusting bet. It's got. There's got to be something crazy. Got to be. Like this, but... I bet this like fucking. Uh, one of those like shitty PGA tournaments that they do, like that aren't even like televised in like Australia or something. This is like okay. way back. This is like six, seven years ago. So I'm like sitting in my apartment at three in the morning, desperately trying to find some stream. Um, like I'm just like I I found some stream in like I think it was in like fucking Russian or something. Uh, could barely make anything out. I, it was not even worth it because like I couldn't even see what the hell was going on. Uh, and I like, and it, it's like I don't understand what I'm the the characters on the screen because they're not English characters. So I literally just had no idea what I was watching, and I'm just like getting. I was just getting super angry without actually even like knowing. And then of course I lost my bet. So um, yeah, I think it was like I think I had like Adam Scott or something to win or something, and he was did not win um all right this uh this isn't going to be a regular segment of our post game but three minute quick gambling story for me right here so in vegas for the world series i was there with my friends met out with another friend of mine and two of his friends for game six of the 2016 nba finals warriors Cavs. the year lebron and Kyrie came back from three one down um 
So game six is at Cleveland. Me and my two close friends put a hundred bucks each on Cavs money line that night. So we're at like Buffalo Wild Wings with another one of my friends and his two friends. And you went to beat up in Vegas, by the way. Yeah. What's going on? Here? Why? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that no good? They're just they're just you know watching at the sports book. I don't know. Oh, but like I'm there. <laughs> we're, we weren't trying to like you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah, wanted yeah. we wanted to eat. You know. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so we're just like going nuts. That I don't know if you remember that game, but the Cavs went up like yeah. thirty to five yeah. to start the game. They went absolutely nuts. And one of my buddy's friends just is sitting there silently the whole time. Like we're trying to like make small talk in between and we're just like, uh, whatever. So he finally at halftime goes to the bathroom. The Cavs are up like 15 or whatever. And my friend is like to my other friend is like, what's that guy's deal? Is he okay? Like, why is he so quiet? And my friend just goes, yeah, he's just got like 50 K on the Warriors Warriors to win the series. So oh my God. <laughs> and we were just sitting there like we, we were just sitting there like sweating a hundred bucks and we were just, <laughs> <laughs> we just felt like the biggest jerks ever. <laughs> Dude, I that was that's a terrible beat. That's a terrible <laughs> beat. You got oh yeah. my god, that'd be awful. Uh <laughs> this one from, this one from Virgil X. I guess we're being a little too positive on tonight's stream. <laughs> Can you can you break up the overall positiveness with things that might be problems or the big worries from this game? I mean, the big worries for me, like some of okay, like if we're gonna talk about individual player stuff, I'm I need to see more from RJ. I yes. need to see more progression as a decision maker. Um, the shot making and stuff, like it's gonna I don't know. come. It's yeah, gonna that, come. That, that's that's not a big concern to me. Like he can't control that. I mean, yeah, you can control it, but like He's either gonna make or miss shots. That's fine. To me, you can't let you can't let bad shooting nights impact your decision making overall. Um, And And everything else part of your game too. Yeah, yeah. Like Like defense, all that other shit. Like yeah. So that that's a concern for me. Uh, I am also like, you know, with Tibbs. Obviously, the Obi thing is something we need to keep track of. Um, I'm. I'm just concerned about Evan in general. He looks even slower than he did last year. Uh, And like, it's, it just seems like very blindingly obvious to me that he is the piece in that starting lineup. That is the most problematic as things stand just doesn't help them really in any way. I don't think the floor spacing that he brings actually matters that much. Um, So that would be a concern. Obviously, you have to. I'm still concerned about Julius. I'm happy that he's made a good start at the season, but I'm concerned and just want to make sure that he holds that up. Uh, and I will say this I was concerned about Hartenstein a bit. I have really been impressed with him the last couple of games, especially since I mean, even the Memphis game, he, he really bounced back strong in the second half. I thought, um, biggest thing to note though for him, I feel like he's been boxing out actually the last couple of games on the defensive glass, and I'm happy about that because that was an issue that he's had in his career is an issue in during preseason. It's an issue last year with the Clippers. So uh, if that's a real thing, if that's an actual, maybe that's a thing they, the coaches have been harping with harping on with them. If that's true, if that happens, like, man, I'm just, like, I, I, it's hard not to be excited about this team. Cause it's like, I really, I still don't think we've played a great complete team game yet. It, I just don't think we have, but like you have legitimately 10 guys right now, 11 when Grimes is back that are all some level of rotation player in the NBA at minimum. Mm-hmm. Like if Evan, if Evan Fournier is our worst rotation player or something like that, or Derek Rose, pretty good. Yeah. Or Derek Rose, like you're in a pretty good place. Um, yeah. 
So, and again, I think the other part of this too is like, it would be different if Brunson was like 31 and Hartenstein was 29. The fact that those guys are young, like this is a young team. Like you look at the rotation today, there's only two guys that get minutes that are above 30 and only one that's 27 or older. That's it. Or, sorry, a third that's 27 or older, which is Julius. Mm-hmm. The rest of this team is like 26 or younger. This is a young team. It's fun. Um, there's upside here. There's talent here. I know that we don't have a superstar or whatever that anybody craves, but like, I just think this is a fun team. I'm going to enjoy it. It's simmering. Uh, they got something cooking. If Randall's actually bought in uh, and and is turned over a new leaf, all the better. Uh, and again, the fact that Tibbs seems to have shown some modicum of adaptation is highly encouraging. Yeah, I mean, if you want negativity, just watch any of me and Sam's post games from last year. Like, just, yes. just watch those. Yes. You know, like, go we rewatch all of those, <laughs> yeah. please. Let let it, let us have an hour of happiness. You know, no, yes, but, um, yes. Let us enjoy these wins before it turns into depression. Street. Yeah, this schedule is about to get rough. So you know, yeah. Enjoy, if you want negativity, it. then I'll say uh, I'll say Forney is the. I I'm worried what happens. It well uh, when Grimes comes back because. I Same. just don't think I just don't think it can the answer can be Cam at this point. I mean Cam out of the I, rotation, you mean? Correct. I don't yeah. I don't think that can be the answer for this team. And There's I'm someone who's been an avid Cam disliker for, for years on end now. And I agree with you, Jeff. I I mean I, I think you have to make Cam prove to you that he doesn't belong in the rotation and just say, okay, Fournier, we're gonna give Cam this shot. We'll look to trade you. If we can't trade you, then you just stay ready, as Tibbs always says. Like the rules should apply to everyone. You know, like he he says that to guys all the time. He's saying it to Deuce right now. Stay ready. You know, if, if the Knicks decide it's for their betterment to play a younger guy who's playing really well, because for obvious reasons, it shouldn't be beneath Fournier, no matter what we're paying him, to do the same. Um, so I'm just worried about that situation in general, that little stretch from Randall in the fourth quarter did scare me a little bit. Like, I'm glad we have Brunson, but just Mm. a little bit on watch, a little bit on watch for that. But I mean, Randall's been really good through three games, so I'm not like turning against him, obviously. Um, I'm just saying that that was, uh, that gave me the heebie. I'm here to turn against him. (laughs) Yeah, you got that. I'm here for that. And then just just RJ in general, like we all want him to make a leap and he needs to get better, keep getting better at stuff, specifically his scoring from the mid-range. Like he just, at what point does he just have bad touch? You know, like and that's not able to improve. That's kind of scary to me. Um, I do think he, he will be helped by Grime. Like it's obvious that, when he's not the only defender, when he was playing with quickly, those are his best minutes. Whereas when he's playing with Fournier and Brunson and RJ has to carry the full defensive load, that hurts him. So I think I think RJ will see an improvement playing with Grimes if and when that happens. So yeah, I guess there's a couple worried things. Um, as for me, what I'm worried about, always with me is sustainability can they sustain this is it sustainable it could something can look sustainable but will it be actually sustainable last year i think we all agreed like the beginning of last year wasn't something that was like too crazy 
to sustain, right? Like if all things went considerably well. So, uh, what do you mean? Sorry, like the the beginning of last year, it didn't seem like something that was something super unsustainable, right? If all things went considerably well. But I think the difference is like Brunson's just healthy. Yes, completely. Like he's healthy. I think. I think we have more data to make us feel safe and good about like. And I guess these upcoming games against tougher teams will kind of test my theory there within itself. Cause like, I want to see how this like looks against like tougher opponents against like this upcoming stretch that we have or alleged tougher opponents with like the bucks, the Cavs, the Hawks, um, Sixers, Nets, um, T wolves, that stretch that we have coming up. I mean, a lot of these teams, they haven't looked good to start the year, so it might be a good time to catch them. But I do want to see how we look against some of these um, these teams that are supposed to be allegedly better than us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just – it's – um, like, I just – I have more – we have more data and evidence now that, like, guys like Quickly and Obi – like, we kind of have a better understanding of what their impact and value is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I don't know. It just – the vibe, the vibe is still different. I, I was like, I, I said something last year in preseason. I remember I felt like an an asshole for saying it, but I was like, I was like, I'm a little bit worried about this defense. Like our defense seems not good right now. Uh, I know it's preseason and guys aren't trying, but like that was like not great. And there were just signs early on that there was like weird stuff going on. Like I don't know if you guys remember, we had that near meltdown in that game against Chicago early in the season. And then the next game we played was at New Orleans, and Julius was just like atrocious. Didn't try. We we got bailed out because RJ was on fire that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but like there were just signs early on that this team that team was like not all something was off. I yeah. pointed I pointed those signs out, and people called me like a negative Nancy and shit like that. It was just like yo, I'm just like telling you what I see. Like, and then when it all came to fruition, everyone was like. Okay, like, but yeah, I see what you're saying, Twin, because yeah. I was right there. I was, I saw it too. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's it's just, you know, it, um, it feels different this year. Yeah, I mean, just a very basic thing, right? So last year, the Knicks they beat the Celtics in the opener. Mm-hmm. They whooped Orlando the next game, and then they lost that game at home to Orlando on it was like a Sunday night or Monday night or something. Sunday for sure. Yeah, uh, and it was just like such a deflating loss because you were like, why the hell? Like, how did this just happen? Like, we yeah. just beat this team by, like, 7 billion points? Like, this should not be happening. Um, I feel like like we lost our opener this year to Memphis in a game. Personally, me and Jeff, we we did the pod after that. But, like, I thought that was entirely bullshit. Like, they, we got a terrible whistle that game. Sure. But they competed. Had a, It was a weird night. We, RJ was terrible. IQ was not good offensively. Like, and yet you're there at the end of that game. You could have won that game, you know? Every it felt like every 50-50 ball went their way too. It was just a bizarre, weird opening game, and the Knicks were right there. They almost they almost won that, uh, despite you know not having great contributions from a lot of guys. Absolutely destroyed Detroit. Like just handled business right. And tonight, like I I don't know what the spread was. I'm almost a thousand percent sure the Knicks would have covered whatever it was tonight. Um, and like I think it was like a minus. Seven. It was it was seven, it was seven and a half. Yeah. yeah so the Knicks, like th- this is why, like it's hard to put away teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It is hard to win by double digits. It is hard 
to have 20 minutes of garbage time or whatever. Like you're not just going to beat the crap out of every single team. It's just not, it's not possible. These teams are too good. Orlando is super talented, man. Paolo, he's, he's going to be a star. Franz is on his way to being a star as well, in my opinion. Um, when Carter Jr. can play, like they've got talent. They've got guys that are going to become better players in their career than they are today. Mm-hmm. This is a talented team. The Knicks handled business against them. Was it great? Was it perfect? Was it beautiful? Not necessarily. It's but, not going to be because it's in yeah. the beginning of the season. Yeah, but they but they they worked the margins. They beat them when it mattered. They they took advantage in the second half. They capitalized on them, and that's what you have to do. And they did it, and they handled it. And it it was not like fluky nonsense. It was you know, it was not perfect, but they they took care of it when they needed to. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the de- the defense of the starters is going to be a problem. The Fournier Brunson thing is just not. It's not sustainable. It's it's mostly just Fournier to be honest, and I really don't like singling him out. But like his defense is just palpably. It's a it's a problem. It sticks out the most. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I, I'm I'm worried about the starting group a little bit, um, just because I feel pretty strongly that's going to end up being at best a neutral, maybe even a negative. But like overall, things are things seem pretty good right now. So, question for you both: Do you think we all agree about Fournier, and I think we all agree that it would be in the Knicks' best interest to do something about it? Mm-hmm. Do you think that right now? Tibbs in his mind is like, I'm going to go to Grimes, or do you think that it's going to take something for him to make that decision? Um, I think based on past evidence, I would say it's the latter, but I mean, from what we've seen recently in terms of like just that preseason game alone, that encourages me that it's going to be the former Schwim, can you repeat that again? Do you think that Tibbs already has it in his mind that Grimes is going to be the starter, or do you think it will take something from Fournier to be usurped? And if so, what do you think it will take to get Tibbs to make that decision? Well, look, Tibbs has turned over a new leaf. He's a new man. Uh, I kind of do. I kind of do think he has it in his mind that he wants Grimes to start. I I don't know what happened. Look, I, I, we don't know what happened last year with a lot of stuff, right? It was a weird year. Tibbs did not cover himself in glory. He did not have a great coaching year. I do buy, I, I've, the way he shows it is crazy, but like, I do buy that he genuinely like really likes these kids that we have and that he believes in them and he has faith in them. Like, I, I buy that. Um, I just think it's hard for him to like, to then, adjust his rotations accordingly and give them the roles that they probably deserve on this team. But I feel like he, he, I think he loves, I think he loves quickly. I think he loves quickly. I think he like loves Obi. And I think he loves Grimes. Like I think Grimes is good. He's going to play. There's no doubt in my mind. He's going to play. Um, just Tibbs has a weird way of showing his love, which we all know, yes. but like, I think he's going to play, man. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a starter. I don't know if it's going to be a situation where, like you mentioned, maybe Rose becomes situational. He's going to play, though, man. I'm sorry. Like, And at the end of the day, he wasn't actually untouchable in the Donovan Mitchell trade. We like This is obvious. But if you're 
if you valued him the way it seems like the Knicks valued him in in that in that trade in those trade talks, he's got to play. Yes, there's just it doesn't matter. Like I I know that Tibbs is gonna do what Tibbs wants to do. He's playing him, bro. Like there's no doubt in my mind he's playing him. Um, and I think he wants to play him. I think he likes Grimes. You know, like I, I don't doubt that for a second. So. Yeah, I don't know if it's a starter or whatever, but like he's gonna play a role and he's gonna be in the rotation the second that he's medically cleared to do so. He's probably. By the way, I completely don't buy that he's not capable of playing right now. I mean, he's he definitely played, capable of playing right now. He looked great in that last preseason game. I mean, in terms of like movement and whatnot, I don't understand what what happened between then and the yeah, season. I, opener. There's there's just a what did they? Politics. I think Begley said something like, "Oh, they're what they're gonna exercise caution, extreme caution," and I'm like. Yeah, they just want to make sure that Cam gets a shot here. That's that's what I'm I'm thinking. Speaking of like our young guys in general, I wish you could take whatever it is Obi has like in his brain. I don't know if you guys saw, but like a video just went viral of him interviewing RJ in the locker room after tonight's game. Is he the only person in the NBA that would play a good 14 minutes? Probably feel like he should play more, but somehow put that out of his mind and be like, eh, let's just celebrate this win. You know, like I, he just has such an, a good attitude. It's just so nice having him on the team. I don't know. Like, I feel like him and quickly are both have both just been such good Knicks. <laughs> like yeah. in terms of like what they should, they like, are like they both... positive. They are endless positive vibes right there. Yeah. They kind of, they're kind of making up for what we're, we were lacking in Theo Pinson. Um, last year in vibes. That could, that could be it. There was actually a pretty cool moment with quickly at the end of the third quarter. He was like, or no, sorry, it was the end of the first half, I think. But he was on the bench, and he was like, he was. It was a sideline out of bounds play, and he was talk. He was talking to somebody to like point out to them where they needed to be, because of like what the magic we're about to run out of the, out of the, out of the timeout or uh, on the set play. But it was like, I just thought it was interesting. Cause it's like, like you mentioned, like those are the small things. It could have been anybody, right. It could have been Deuce. It could have been Rose. It doesn't matter. Sure. You'd see a bunch of this stuff, but it's like, that's usually the sign that like a team is locked in collectively when you see stuff like that. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, similar when, uh, when IQ had that turnover to Obi cause Obi cut, and IQ thought he was going to space the floor and they just sort of stood together and talked it out. And you saw that on the court. They just seemed to have really good chemistry in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's where we're going to end things off. Um, shout out to everyone that tuned in, left a comment or a question. Um, if we didn't get to it, I deeply apologize. You know, there was a lot to discuss tonight as you saw and heard. Um, Make sure you guys subscribe. We are on our way to 1K. We just recently um, surpassed 400 subscribers. So shout out to everyone that's subbing. Make sure y'all leave a like. Um, check out everything Strickland related in the description. We got links to the site, the merch, Patreon, um, Twitter. Make sure y'all follow us there. Um, and I think that's all we have for tonight. We will be back on Wednesday. Wednesday night after the Charlotte game to recap and discuss that game. Hopefully another Knicks win versus a hobbling Charlotte team. Um, Till then, we are out. Peace.